Don't. Conceptual mind fuckery. If no one knows and no one cares, that's you the only way you can get away with anything in this world. Hello, everybody. Welcome to... Actually, yes, I do need all of them. <laughs> a new podcast for people who've got a large variety of things that to a layperson seem like they all do the same job, but actually they all do very different jobs and we do need all of them. My name's Steve Cross and I'm joined by the man for whom this format was invented. Uh, <laughs> hello, Martin. Can you tell all of our audience uh, just a bit about yourself? Who are you? Yeah, my name's Martin Zolt-Sorswick. I'm a podcaster and a musician. I worked on Answer Me This. It's, at the time of recording, it's about to end, but it probably will have ended by the time this comes yeah, out. Answer Me This, R.I.P. Oh, so sadly missed. And uh, I work. I did Maddie's Sound Explorers, and I make a podcast about Tom White's called Song by Song, and I make a sort of experimental fiction podcast called Neutrino Watch. And Neutrino Watch is the one where if you download it twice, it'll be different podcasts. That's right, yeah. It's, it's sort of, it changes subtly every day, so... Uh, you'll sort of recognize the episode but something will have changed and you'll be like brilliant did i remember yeah, I, that no right? i i love just aggressively confrontational and alienating formats oh we that want people to come back we're like absolutely. oh people will come back again and again and you know find out oh what. you drive up your downloads because people have to download an episode 100 times the before idea. they've got it yeah we'll be like a million downloads by the end of the, the end of the week that's hilarious and they're getting all the downloads they're overlaying them all in pro tools mixing them together just to get the whole thing uh phenomenal good 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 now martin um what mm. is it that you have too many of and the parents too many. and the friends sorry according to right parents friends and partners you know there's a, we've all got a parent friend or partner who says you've got too many you don't need what any is more. it what is it for you it's guitars steve that's very exciting. Um, yeah. This, it is How many me. are we talking? Well, that does depend a little bit. Uh, so I've excluded instruments that aren't guitars or bass guitars. So bass ukuleles, right. banjos and ukuleles I will not be considering today. Okay, um, and there's a couple of instruments that I've actually lent out to people. So I good. think uh, I've got something like 20 instruments on the list, but I think we'll probably only have about here about 15 of those today. It's incredible. I love the idea of being able to maintain a longer list yeah. by having distributed storage of your items really, disguised as loans. I really, well, it is It is that. It's, uh, I have also run out of space, but it's nice to be able to go like, oh, you want to learn the bass? Oh, do you want to borrow this bass? I don't use it very much. It's my third bass. <laughs> is that what the phrase gets to third bass mean? It's when you borrow somebody's bass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. It's a sort of like late 20th century... Um, dating dating profile How, how's yeah. your relationship doing they let me borrow their base wow yeah. third base <laughs> <laughs> kind of go through chronologically oh that's nice uh so the first the first one i've got a 1993 whoa encore precision base it's my first instrument i um i forget the name of the shop it was in hanley in stoke and I traded in my sega master system and i got 50 quid and i put that towards buying my first instrument which wow is this. And uh, for people who don't know bass guitars, Encore is that a is that a designer brand? Is that a sought after <laughs> custom made? Um, no, it's it's like it's uh, I don't know what the equivalent would be now, but it's it's a beginner instrument. So like a Fender Precision bass, that is a classic bass. You see lots of professionals playing those. Uh, an Encore, uh, one of these brands like Honer or like sort of Squire does now. They're sort of knockoffs of those famous instruments. Yeah. So you you can. You know, when you're a beginner, you can kind of buy with confidence. Uh, and this instrument um, started life with frets. And then mm -hmm. a couple of years into owning it, I got really into Les Claypool of Primus. 
And oh no! Yeah, that happens to a number yeah. of bass players, doesn't it? Happened it happened to me very hard. So yeah. I was like, I want to be able to play like fretless bass stuff, and I got their frets taken out. The sound of every guitar shop in the West Midlands in the nineties. It's Martin trying out cheap bass guitars. <laughs> It's very smooth. Yeah, it's funny because you can do these like. <laughs> I mean, fretless bass along with slap bass is like, those are the two most hated things by like any I mean, bass player with credibility. Like, they're, they're just more, like. There's they're a... more sound effects than music. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really, I was really into that stuff. And like slap, I mean, it sounds terrible on this, but slapping on the fretless bass is just like. Which that's kind of what Primus sound like if you've never heard Primus. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, Primus, just imagine somebody shaking a cutlery drawer <laughs> and then talking over the top of it. And that's roughly Primus. Yeah, that's right. And he did, he did a lot of like tapping as well. He did a lot of this. Yeah. What do you use it for now? Why is it, is it merely a sentimental museum piece? Does it, does it, is it part of your arsenal? Well, it's been in storage. So a lot of these I just got out of storage recently because we moved into uh, like a new flat for the first time in a long time. I had loads of things in storage because we were traveling. And uh, I actually haven't, this is the first time I played it for probably about five years. Um, I was using the, um, I, I'm not going to play them, but I said, I, I will mention them. I was using my fretless bass ukulele uh, for most of my fretless bass work, which is uh, much more compact. And actually this you probably notice this has a really wonky jack that I've never bothered to fix, so it kind of yeah does this crap. I think a lot part of the thing is when you say I'm not if I'm not taking it out to a show, I never have to fix that thing that's a bit dodgy. Yeah, exactly. What else have you got to show us, Martin? That was that oh, was the encore. That's the encore precision. Exciting. Yeah, 1993 classic. Let me just bring up my uh, spreadsheet so I know what's. Oh, you've got a spreadsheet, of course. I need one. Uh, okay, the next one was the ba uh, my second bass. That was an Aria Pro 2 SB700. Uh, very nice, sort of thin action bass guitar. Yeah. That's on loan to someone. They're very collectible now, I believe, the SBs. Yeah, it's not one of the really good ones, but it's a pretty nice bass. Um, it's got a big, like, chunky brass bridge, which uh, is good for sustain. But um, also that's got dodgy electronics that I never fixed. So, <laughs> so uh, Of course. We've, and I've, sustain I've for that. listeners, that's when you play a note and it just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. Yeah, the kind of spinal tap. Oh, you'd be having a sandwich. Yeah. Hello, friends, it's me, the company Mugbean. And I wanted to tell you about something which me and your good friend Steve Cross have been working on. It is a podcast all about goblin cookery. Do you know your Merlot from your mud pies? Your Chateau Beyond from your Chateau Brian? But wait, there's more. We will also teach you the other most importantest life skills, like worm wrangling, deciphering the meaning of flowers around your 18th century townhouse, and how to stop crazed academics from doing eugenics again. It's called Live Love Lovecraft, and you can find it everywhere your favourite chaotic podcasts live, or you can follow us on Twitter at LovecraftDND. Honey kisses! And that's where I'm ending this week's <laughs> episode. With a sugar daddy? Is Actually, there's a lot more flavours than just sugar out there. <laughs> Usually an excess of salt. Oh. This is, uh, this is my first, I think this is my first guitar guitar at all, because I started off on bass. I, as I say, I bought a couple of basses. And then this is my first guitar. It's, a, it's, um, it's called an Antoria Jazz Star. It's Ooh. a basically a Japanese, sometime in the 80s, I think. It's a Japanese copy of a, a Gibson L5, which is like an early... Um, hollow body jazz guitar 
So it's got this pretty chunky body, quite thick, like a normal acoustic guitar. And I, and I kind of bought it because I was like, well, I can, I can play it electrically, but also it's thick enough I can sort of use it to write songs and I can, I'll can i be able to hear it because electric guitars not plugged in sound really rubbish. And this yeah. is kind of thick enough. I can just about, at least I can just about hear it. Um, and and what, do, what does that do to the sound when you play it electrically, it being a great big hollow body mm. thing? Is that like a, is that a special sound that you use? Yeah, it's hard to describe it because like if you listen to a lot of, if you watch a lot of YouTube videos about guitars as I have, like you see them playing it and they go, this is the Squire, blah, 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 blah. And this is the Gibson, blah, 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 blah. And you go like, this ain't kind of the same. Yeah, you're playing it through seven distortion pedals in an right. hour. Right. But what you, what you don't realize is actually it plays differently. So right. the kind of thing about having like a big hollow body and these, these humbucker pickups, which are kind of pickups that sound a bit warmer, is the sound kind of swells to meet you. Like some guitars you'll hit, like I'll play, you, you hit the note and it goes bang straight away. And this one kind of, it's very subtle uh, and it's more, you can more feel it than hear it. But uh, yeah. the sound doesn't have the same attack. It kind of, there's this warm kind of thing happening. Um, you can, I mean, you can tell this is a sort of jazzy guitar. Uh, and I didn't really use it to play jazz because I don't really like jazz very much. <laughs> Quite right. <laughs> um, but I did like the tone of this. And I, I, one of the things uh, about my playing style is because I started playing bass. And like, like you can do a lot more on bass if you don't play with a pick, right? Like you can slap, but you can also do like finger style and you, yeah. can, you can do other kinds of stuff. And you can like, you feel a bit more connected to the instrument. So when I learned guitar, I sort of decided not to bother using a pick. So you get this, you know, when you do that on this guitar, it's, it's a very, very mellow sort of, you know, mellow, mellow tone. It sounds like the perfect kind of guitar to play in a high-class restaurant or cocktail bar. <laughs> Yeah, I should have got some more of those like Pizza Express in uh, Soho gigs, shouldn't I, when I was playing this one. Um, unfortunately, this is another one with the electronics, so a little bit weird. There's a rattle on it I've never quite been able to identify. I didn't knock it over in the middle of the night when I was a student. I just like, I wasn't even drunk. I just walked into it. In it's my a, big, it's a big thing. There's, I, of course you did. It's Does a that big help? guitar. Yeah, yeah, it took it took up the whole room. I just knocked it over and like ripped the fretboard off the neck at the top. I had to take it and get it repaired. It was a little crack, but it's actually pretty, it's actually repaired pretty well. But yeah, yeah and I think one of the one of the nice things about electric guitars is so many people have smashed so many of them over the years that there's somebody who knows how to fix anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing, right? So that was what the Antoria Jazz Star. Jazz star. Highly recommend like it. it. All these guitars, like most of most of these guitars I play, are like cheap, right? This was like yep. three hundred and fifty quid, which I know yeah. maybe, maybe that doesn't sound cheap. Maybe it's not cheap for a beginner, but like I've mostly got guitars that are not super expensive. I've got one or two that are nice, and then the yeah. rest of them are just like, oh yeah, I fancy something that sounds a bit like that, and I'll you know. And I don't know about guitars, but new basses go up to about eighteen thousand pounds. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Let let alone before you get into. 1960s and 1950s and collectible oh, the vintage like i've never bought a vin like a vintage guitar like a 60s or 70s guitar because they were all like five grand and you're just like no <laughs> uh i i have bought a few 70s guitars and sold nearly all of them for 
at least a thousand pound profit on each. Oh one. yeah, maybe. That, oh, yeah, that's the thing. The thing is, I don't like to sell. I don't like to sell my guitars. I've no. sold one guitar. I once owned a Gibson Les Paul Faded Studio. Mm. Um, I, n- I think I know what how you feel about Gibson Les Pauls, Steve. So you'll be happy to know that I sold that to Ben Clark from Pappies after about a year. So what have you got for us next? That was the Antoria Jazz. So when when was that chronologically? Uh, that, so I bought that in about '97 after my first year okay. at uni, uh, and that's the guitar's probably from the '80s, but I don't know for sure. Okay. So uh, was it a play it in your room when you've got a lady visiting type? Uh, <laughs> um, I, no, it wasn't. I had a girlfriend. I did have a girlfriend at that point, unlike when I bought those previous guitars. So, so it was more. Um, oh, maybe I could write some write some music because I started to say, like want to sing around then, and I was like, mm. oh, you can't sing and play bass. Obviously, you can because yeah, Les Claypool did, and so did like you know Thin Lizzy and stuff, but yeah. Lemmy, etc. But um, I don't know. I wanted to do something a little bit different, so it was my first like I'm going to write some songs guitar, I guess. What year are we seeing next? Uh, 2005. So, wow. Oh, you really, you were satisfied with just that for a long time. Yeah, I didn't have any bloody money, Steve. I was a PhD student. So oh, um, I couldn't, I couldn't like feather my nest with new guitars in that period. Mm-hmm. It's very sad. Uh, right, let me, yeah, let me grab the next one. It's going to be a 2005 Made in Mexico Fender Telecaster. So tell us, 2005 Made yeah. in Mexico Telecaster. What what do all of those words mean apart from 2005 that we all know what that means? Yeah, so Telecaster is probably the most successful like early electric guitar, I guess. It's made in like what 1951, uh, or I think depending on how you count it. Um, and I'd always sort of hated this. I always thought I hated Telecasters um, because they sort of are famous for this sort of very like chickeny kind of like. kind of sound um and then i, I mean, realized that started off sounding exactly like folds so uh good money to be made there <laughs> they probably pay tellies yeah um so I, yeah i uh, uh then i realized like all my favorite guitar players played them at the time i was like into like frank black and jeff buckley and um yeah. radiohead and i was like oh they all play telecasters so i was like oh and then i went to see low do a gig in brighton and i was just like of oh that's amazing that's that guitar sound which is just really i don't know if i can quite do it, it was this really kind of uh, shimmery kind of yeah, you got to be an open G to get the full lows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so that was that was like, oh yeah, I'm going to get a Telecaster. So um, yeah, this is again, this was not not super expensive. And so, made in Mexico, is it? It's a Fender mm. then, who are like the big big makers of these. Yeah. Things. So Leo Fender invented this guitar. He invented the precision yeah. bass we talked about. He invented the Stratocaster, which mm-hmm. uh, is the ugliest guitar in the world. Yeah, the Eric Clapton guitar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fender guitars, because they're an American company, they're quite expensive. They do this like diffusion line called Squire, which is great for beginners. And then they do their kind of made in Mexico version where, because they're made in Mexican factories, they can pay people less. And so they're a little mm-hmm. bit cheaper. Uh, and that's, yeah. And I mean, they're really good. They're, re- they're really good. This is a this is a great guitar. I got it because I was starting to gig and, and play songs and sort of acoustic nights in London and um, I didn't want to just be a guy with an acoustic guitar so I thought I'd be a mm. guy with an electric guitar instead and I, mm. I got this and gigged this for this. I probably the gigs I played in London around that time for those sort of couple of years where I was doing a lot of um, nights I played this almost exclusively and it's uh, such a fun guitar to play but it's a real pain playing electric there's a reason people don't play electric guitars at those nights is it's a real pain to do because you can't just plug in the way you come with an acoustic guitar it sounds really terrible so you have to like have effects or take a little amp with you wherever wherever you go or um and like amp 
simulation was really absolutely abysmal in 2005. Yeah, yeah, no, digital amp simulation. I remember I you could walk into gigs and because uh, I used to go to a lot of things with very small bands, I'd yeah. walk into gigs and just walk straight out again because the sound of the simulated amplifier was so horrible. It sounds terrible. The, like that, the, you could just about do it if you were doing like rock or metal and you had a distorted tone. Like uh, not, not horrible line six sound. Yeah, that I line six it. kidney thing. Um, but like for a clean tone, like I was playing, you know, like the, the kind of tones you just heard, like just just uh, reverb and like the sound of the guitar, not much effects. And um, so can you play awful. us a bit of what you used to play at all these acoustic nights? Yeah, in yeah, of course. Um, I did this one. Perfect Telecaster sound. And you get a lovely, yeah, Fender-y. Like Fender guitars kind of sound like you're playing a spring to me. Do you know what I mean? It's like this. Boing. Well, it is coiled metal over coiled metal. What yeah. do you want it to sound like? I, I mean, Telecaster's less so, I guess, but like Strats have these big springs in the bridge to do the wow-wow, you know, the whammy bar stuff. And I, I, since I got um, a jazz master, which is a similar thing, I've really noticed that. I'm like, am I hearing those boing, those actual springs when I'm hearing them? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. 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 We'll maybe. find out when we get to the jazz master. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Okay, so what's next? Okay, this is a bit of a bit of a funny one. Where are you? A bit of a mm -hmm. funny one. Um, this is a, can you see this beautiful sparkle effect on this? Oh, it's very sparkly. It's got very... glitter in the paint, listeners. I had a, I had a, like a toilet seat that looked like this once. Um, this is um, this is a Gretsch Electromatic. Um, Ooh, that sounds expensive. It's not actually. It's the Chinese Ooh. version. So uh, I've got a couple of Gretsches, and this is this is one of the one of the cheaper ones. So this is um, we're going to signal. Um, yeah, this is a baritone guitar. So this is right. like uh, between between the notes of a um, a regular guitar and a bass guitar. Uh, no, the reason I got it is because at the time I was sort of getting a bit obsessed with a musician called Charlie Hunter. Do you know who Charlie Hunter mm -hmm. is? Yes. So used, to, used to be in the band that played live with the disposable heroes of hypocrisy. That's right, yeah. So he's a San Franciscan guitar player, but he played this, um, something, a theme we might return to, an eight-string guitar. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was strung with three bass strings and then five guitar strings. I got really interested in the idea that... Um, if you did that, you could create a really full sound that sounded a bit more like a band as a solo artist. Yeah. Now, why I didn't just like recruit a band, I don't know. I don't really know. Or, or even just get an octave pedal. An oct yeah, it doesn't sound the same as an octave pedal. No, it does doesn't. It? it doesn't sound the same. I mean, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I later had a band and I had a bass player and I could have just done that. But I don't know whether it was just like, I didn't think anyone liked me enough to be in a band with me you're just learning and growing i was learning and trying growing. Thanks, a thing it's just learning and growing yeah so i so what i did was i got this um baritone guitar um mm -hmm. because i figured uh, baritone guitars have a um again uh, guitars have a, a a shorter scale than a bass guitar right so bass guitars are typically like 34 inches um electric guitar probably around 25 26 and this is somewhere in between i think it's about 28 Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, oh, I could string this with guitar strings and bass strings, and the bass strings won't sound totally terrible. Because if you try putting a bass string on, on a regular guitar, it'll, it'll just sound like a total mess. It won't, won't work at all. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I was like, oh, so what I did is I took a regular guitar, and I just took the first, the lowest two strings on that guitar, and I put on bass strings. Um, mm -hmm. uh, for some reason, this only has the lowest one 
string at the moment. I must have experimented with lots of different tunings on this because I, I know I messed around with that. I even recorded a thing where some of the like strings were just loose and like flapping around the other strings, which sounded really cool. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't have that at the moment. So one of my favourite bands who used to play at the shows I ran, their their guitars, every single string was detuned, oh. just flapping around all over the place. And they, they were, um, I mean, they were fine artists doing performance art rather than like traditional musicians per se. But uh, it was they used the sound of just like <laughs> <laughs> really well. Yeah, it wasn't quite that bad. It sounded more like, you know, when there's like a 60s tune and it goes dum, 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 and like there's a sort of like tambourine sound. Yeah. So it kind of sounded like there was a tambourine on the track. Oh, nice. But um, I put like a YouTube video of how I'd done it and everyone was just like, why, why, why would you do that? <laughs> Which is fair. So yeah, this has this cool like feature that you can kind of do it. But uh, you, get, you get the idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like that the one bit of your hand is doing the bass line at the beginning of each bit and then there's a chord above it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's a fairly simple way of doing it, really, is that it's mm. quite have, you have quite a sparse arrangement so that, you know, you're not noticing there's not much. I mean, Charlie Hunter, the person I was sort of trying to emulate, is very, very technical and he's sort of doing melodies and chords and bass lines all together. It's a very, very... Yeah. But, but it's all he does, good. so he's got time to work on it. Yeah, I was trying to sing at the same time. That was that He's was... very one-dimensional. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was the Gretsch Electromatic Chinese version. Do you want to hear the next one? It's a classical guitar. Right. Um, cause it What's turned... the difference? Uh, very good question. Um, classical guitars have nylon strings, uh, and acoustic guitars have um, steel, steel core strings, I guess. Um, and so... Those guitars have a lot more tension and the neck still has a lot more tension. So it's different to play and also um, this construction is a bit different. So I think the reason I got this was because just like a good classical guitar is way cheaper than a good acoustic guitar. Mm. Again, I was just like, well, this is, I think this was about £120, mm. which you'd get, a, you could buy a terrible acoustic guitar for that, but you can't buy like a, even a playable acoustic guitar, I don't think, for mm. £120. Um, and it also has this sort of fatter fingerboard that's the sort of disadvantage to it is the the the, the uh, fretboard where you where you play is, is is a lot wider so you um yeah you kind of so this one is less in tune than the others because the other thing about classical guitars is they don't keep their tune very well mm. It's okay. I mean, I almost think that's part of their attraction. Is that there's a, but, it, but it adds a kind of like slightly depressive note to everything you play on them. Is that like you can't intonate them, you can't, yeah. and all this other stuff, you know? Nothing is ever perfect. It's like a memento mori in the sound. Yeah. At all times. I mean, traditionally they were made with catgut, right? So like they're sometimes called catgut strings, although obviously that that's not something that happens anymore. It's, 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 it's nylon. Mm. Um, yeah, I do really like this, and, and the nice thing about it is it is easier on the fingers than than, than a regular acoustic guitar. So acoustic guitars have a lot more tension than electric guitars, and then classical guitars are sort of somewhere in between. They're a little. Mm. Mm. 
quite yeah it's quite quite sweet i like it that's lovely yeah and so when was that uh that's a good question that was about 2008 i think uh, so we're picking up pace with the buying now. Yeah. The collection's yeah. starting to grow. This is really, yeah, the kind of golden era of my guitar purchases, I think. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is, this is, um, this is a Fender Jazz Deluxe. Ooh. Also made in Mexico, actually. Uh, and when did I buy this? Um, and is, is made in Mexico your kind of price luxury uh, optimum point? Yeah. I mean, so a lot of the reason I buy a guitar is to like, to see how they sound and how they feel and spend some time with it there's sort of someone said to me like you can you get two guitar two you get two songs out of a new guitar and i thought that's quite interesting that you know you you get a new instrument and you try out some new ideas and that and that you know forces you to write different stuff um mm. so a lot of the time i'm just like yeah i don't want to spend like it's easy it, you can easily if you have the money spend a thousand pounds on a on a decent guitar like not even a, an especially high-end guitar um and so yeah, like I think this was this was a little more expensive. I think this was probably around the seven or eight hundred pound mark. Mm -hmm. um, but it was because um, my fr I had the fretless bass, but my fretted bass is not that great. I mean, that was mm. a fairly cheap instrument when I bought it, and um, I wanted like a, a like a decent guitar for recording, basically. Yeah. And in the end, when I had a band, um, uh, my bass player ended up uh, using this bass quite a bit so this is a fender jazz bass which is sort of the second like bass guitar design that um leo fender came up with mm -hmm. um and the difference from the fender precision uh, is that it's a little brighter and a little more mid-range and a little more sort of um like nasal i guess people describe yeah. it but it also the, the the precision bass sound traditionally is thump 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 yes yeah we didn't really hear that from yours because you were playing nice and fretlessly and the jazz yeah. bass is a bit more well yeah. we'll hear what it's a bit more yeah, it's a bit more like, um, yeah, it's a little more articulated, like. So it's got this quite, yeah, like groovy. I think I was listening to a lot of David William Sims from Jesus Lizard at the time, and he has that very, like, melodic, like, snaking Kind of bass oh player. yeah, yeah! Really so good. many notes, yeah, like, yeah, way more notes than you would think in a band that sounds like the Jesus Lizard. Yeah, and it's not busy, is it? He's not like a whittly nope. bass player. He's not kind of, you know, he's 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 all about the groove. So I really like that, and I guess that was that was what I was thinking of when I when I got this. I wanted to try out some more of those kind of bass lines, and you can do the sort of classic like deeper. Play us some oh, yeah, well, of the. The 2008 jazz bass sounds. Forgotten my own bass line. Yeah. So and was this the bass used when you were Sound of the Ladies? Yeah, I mean, I didn't gig it because... Uh, I mean, my bassist gigged it sometimes yep. um, when it was convenient. I think he just wanted me to carry the bass to the gig. Yes. That was probably what it Basses was. Basses are was... big and heavy, and they attract a lot of attention on public transport. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really... I've, yeah, it's, it's been my main electric fretted bass uh, for like recordings. It's mostly for recordings. It doesn't sound quite the same to use a bass ukulele or to use a pitch shifter. 
and this yeah and the, the jazz has does have this lovely crisp sound so it's very good i mean you can do other stuff with it you can do that kind of mellow bass tone but if you want something that's a bit more melodic and cuts through cuts through it's really mm. good for that and actually this this one because it's a deluxe has like um what's called active um eq so most most guitars will just have like a, a tone knob and you turn it up mm. and it lets everything through and you turn it down and it cuts the treble and this has a slightly more sophisticated like bass middle um treble uh setup and there's also got two pickups that you can blend between so you typically with the guitar if you you're using the neck pickup the one closest um to the fretboard that will give a more mellow tone and then the bridge mm -hmm. pickup which is the one closest to the where the strings are anchored on the on the sort of right hand side of the instrument that will give you a brighter tone and mm -hmm. You can sort of mix and match those a little bit on this instrument. What, we what have to? you got for us next? That was 2008. That was being played with the sound of the ladies. Can they still find that on Bandcamp? Yeah, yeah. If you, uh, that would be on the albums uh, City of Golden Lead and and um, what was the one that came? Well, all of those Sound of the Ladies records actually. They're under, they're all under Pale Bird. So City of Gold, Golden oh, right. Lead. We went to the bottom of the ocean and through intermittent rain, and probably some of the stuff since then has all have all used that. Okay. Uh, so there's a couple of guitars that came next that I don't have. The Dan Electro I mentioned, the one that's made from Masonite, I think. Um, yes. My first acoustic guitar, which is a Turner Grand Concert. Ooh, that uh, sounds posh. It's really nice. Um, Turner's this guitar, British guitar company that did their manufacturing in China, but then had like a UK-based like QA process. Yeah. So they were really nicely set up. And so like, a f I think it was about 400 quid, that guitar. It's a really nice, ni really nice acoustic guitar. Um, definitely very good value. So a lot, of, a lot of stuff in guitars is like about setup, I think. From what I gather mm -hmm. is that like you can take a fairly cheap guitar and you can like clean the frets up, make sure they're level set up the height of the strings, set up the intonation, which is um, essentially the, the length of the strings, and that affects things like tuning. And you can make quite a cheap guitar into quite a nice sounding guitar. Mm. Um, so I, everyone who plays acoustic guitar seems to have like what's called a dreadnought, which is this sort of very boxy, like medium-sized acoustic guitar shape. So if you look at a picture of someone playing an acoustic guitar, they're probably playing a dreadnought. And I really hate dreadnoughts because I think they're really ugly and boxy. Mm. So I was like, I'm going to get a grand concert, which is like the biggest guitar <laughs> shape you can get. And also probably create a more mellow sound because I'm quite, a, you know, as you might have uh, sensed, I'm quite a mellow guitar yeah. player. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, and that was the one I gigged for a long time. So when I was doing your gig, Steve, like I was playing that, that Turner grand concert. Um, mm -hmm. And when I was doing Latitude Festival and Green Man, um, at this point, I was I just gave up. I was like, I can't take a guitar and an amp both of which are independently heavy to every yep. gig I do and then expect someone like especially if I'm turning up and I'm doing like two songs and then and then disappearing like the setup of like okay I'm gonna start with my guitar can you put a mic on it it's like it just doesn't work right so that's why people play acoustic guitars you can turn up you can plug it in you can do your songs you can get off the stage and let someone else mm -hmm. have, have their turn um so yeah that was fun so I have a lot of memories of like playing these festivals and playing playing your nights and and Robin Ince's nights and sort of having fun with fun with uh, that um and then incredibly that was, that was my first steel strung acoustic guitar yep incredibly then my next guitar was also a steel strung acoustic guitar um I think it was probably in about two years after that and that would be in about 2012. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, going, I'm just going to grab that now. Yeah. We haven't heard a steel strung acoustic yet, have we? Listened? So this is a, this is a Faith um, parlor guitar. And a parlor guitar, so again, I said I hated dreadnoughts. Like a parlor guitar is like a smaller, smaller than yeah. a dreadnought. So it's it's sort of designed to be played in your parlor, I guess. Yes, um, and it, And it sort of has the opposite effect, right? I said that... The, the concert grand is very bassy and warm, and this is more delicate and light and sort of trebly. So, um, 
Fantastic. Because it's, really it's small and light, is it? Is it easier to play? Uh, not especially. No, I mean it's 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 physically less bulky, mm. um, but I mean you know the sort of relationship between the, the size of a guitar's body and the size of its neck doesn't. There's not much of a relationship there. So right. if you're looking, if you're you've got small hands or you're a beginner and you want a small guitar, you're better off looking for like a three quarter size or just one with a slim neck rather than one that's got a smaller body or whatever. Let's get on and see the next guitar. Yeah, this is my uh, Gretsch sixty one twenty Chet Atkins. Um, absolute beauty. Uh, sort of semi-solid, so hollow body, but quite quite shallow, um, and just has this lovely sort of mellow. mellow. It also has, so it has this really mellow tone, but also, if you use the neck pickup, it does have this lovely kind of twangy. very 50s and so what what led to you buying this extremely luxurious guitar i don't really remember oh uh, maybe something to do with the exchange rate because i was in the u.s at the time and i'd you know we, we would visit the u.s quite a lot um it's not really the it doesn't seem to be the case anymore but it certainly used to be the case that um if you get american guitars and most guitars are american gibson fender gretsch dan electro etc like they would probably cost the same in dollars as they did in pounds. That used to be the used to be the case. Um, so, like getting like a really fancy guitar, like you'd be saving yourself hundreds and hundreds of pounds by getting getting it in the US rather than in the UK. That does seem to have changed a bit, and also the exchange rate is worse than it was. Um, but I think it's probably that. I think I just um, I was like deep into like an academic career, and I needed something to make that feel okay. <laughs> So I got myself a really fancy guitar. I absolutely love it. I mean, I, I've never gigged this. I've never dared to take this outside the house apart from to to give it to someone's safekeeping while we were traveling. Um, but it's a really, it's a really terrific guitar. It's, I mean, it's it's a sort of broadly in the same class as the Antoria Jazz Star, a sort of hollow body jazz mm. guitar. But it, but Gretsch have their own thing. They have this kind of twangy um, neck pickup thing going on, and uh, um. Yeah, and it's just a really, really nice guitar. Mm. Sounds, sounds terrific, really well made. Looks absolutely and beautiful. Dare we ask what something like that retails at? I think it was like, this is the most expensive instrument. And this is like $2,500, I think. Mm -hmm. And I think it would cost like £2,500 to buy in the UK. Um, okay, so and at the time, really it was a nice decent one. exchange rate. <laughs> what are you going to show us next? So this is, I, I catch this is one I have to kind of go over to play. Um, this is my eight-string guitar. Um, it's a Harley Benton. Which yes. is Toman's like super super cheap um, guitar range. I mean, some of them are a lot more expensive, but as I mentioned to you before, I've been really like interested in like Charlie Hunter and and sort of the idea of like combined bass and guitar instruments for a long time. And mm. I he plays an eight. When he plays a seven string, he used to play an eight string, and I was like, oh, I could get. It'd be great to get an eight string guitar and and, and string it the way that he does. Um, and so I did that. This guitar was like 120 quid or something. Wow. Like incredibly cheap. Really, really cheap. Anyway, I got it and strung it up like he, like Charlie Hunter does with the bass strings and the guitar strings. And um, realized it's really hard to play eight-string guitar. They have like super fat necks, really, really wide necks. Um, so I kind of retired it. This is uh, at the beginning, the end of 2019, this was. Um, and then I had calls to write a, a podcast theme song and I decided I w wanted to make a gujing out of it 
um, which is like a Chinese zither. Um, mm-hmm. It's sort of like, it's a bit like a koto, the Japanese instrument, and it's, ch- it's tuned pentatonically. So um, I can play a little bit of, of that. Uh, basically, what I did was shove a mic stand underneath the strings halfway down the neck and then tune it to a sort of pentatonic scale, and you've got wow. something that sounds a bit like a like a, a gujang. So let me. Oh, this sounds exciting. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty fun. Lovely. So, does it? Is it? It can only play eight notes, but you can bend each of the notes. Is that yeah? Right? So, you, what you're effectively doing is you're putting like an extra bridge at the twelfth fret, mm-hmm. uh, and that means the notes that you would normally access on the to the left of the twelfth fret you can't play. But what you can do is you can bend the strings behind the bridge, and because they're they're, they're raised up quite high by this 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 extra bridge, um, it's quite easy to bend them, and you can you can. You know, make quite quite large bends if you want mm. to. So it sort of sounds a little bit like, whoops, because it's um, this is based on a guitar, which is essentially like a metalist guitar. <laughs> like mm. it looks ridiculous. It's like white with kind of like pointy horns and stuff. Um, very very metal. Uh, so because of that, like the combination of like a koto and like a metal guitar, it sort of sounds like a sort of um. Like a, la- uh, a pedal steel to me. Yeah. Like a kind yeah. of country guitar. Um, yeah, I- but a much more refined pedal steel. Well. Uh, like those really deep bends sounded lovely. Hello, I'm Martin Zoltz-Orstwick. I'm Sam Pei. And together we host Song by Song, a show about the music of Tom Waits. We're about to begin our 19th season, taking a listen to the 2002 album Alice, based on Alice in Wonderland by Lewis Carroll. Every week we welcome a guest host. And pick a complimentary interval track uh, by another artist to compare and contrast with Waits' music. Hear all of these wonderful guests and brilliant songs by searching for Song by Song on your preferred podcasting platform, PPP, or by visiting songbysongpodcast.com. We were in Los Angeles in March 2019, trying to work out what to do with our lives. And we quickly decided that what to do with our lives is not be in America in a pandemic with no health insurance and no home. So we came back here and for complicated reasons and some of them which just to do with wanting to be by the seaside, we decided to move to Brighton. And at this this time we had just our two suitcases of traveling stuff um, and nothing else. So I was like, well, I need a guitar. Like I need an acoustic mm. guitar that I can sit and I can play songs with because if I'm locked in the house, um, that will be enough to keep me sane and probably drive my wife insane. But um, yeah, you know. She's collateral damage in this equation. <laughs> so uh, here it is. It's a brand guitar. It's a parlor style guitar. It's a Gretsch Jim Ooh. Dandy. Um, and this is definitely not a uh, an American made. Amer- this is definitely not an American made guitar. I think it's Chinese. Um, I think it's about two hundred quid. So like inexpensive. Uh, it's pretty fun. Um, it's a little too trebly for recording. I think it doesn't have a very complex sound, but it's quite nice just to play around with. <laughs> So. 
So a lovely around-the-house guitar. Yeah, nice to have around the house. Don't mind too much if someone throws it in a ditch. I mind a little bit, bit if someone threw it in a ditch, but, you know. Anyway, right, that means we've got at least one more, haven't we? We've got two, we've got two, two more. Two more! So this is uh, the sort of the seven-string version of mm -hmm. the eight-string guitar I was talking about. This is another Harley Benton, so Toe Man's Finest. Um, it's pretty, like, seven strings are a lot more normal than eight strings. Um, and I've discovered the reason is they're a lot more playable. Yeah, uh, that like eight eight strings just leads to such a wide neck. It's a real challenge unless you're like Tosin Abassi, one of these like crazy guitar guys. Um, but th this one I did manage to do the Charlie Hunter thing, uh, which is three bass strings, five guitars, uh, no four guitar strings. Um, so you can you can with this do things that sound like combinations of bass and guitar, and you can do kind of rhythmic combinations a little bit as well mm. because you could. It's a little harder to do that with two people, but. kind of get that combination of the bass stuff you can do the sort of stuff too but you can you know you can do these nice kind of combinations of, of uh of a hybrid of the, of the two so i had a lot of fun with this one um a lot more fun than with the eight string and eight actually string. managed to write a whole ep of of songs which were kind of based around this um this this kind of and just looking thing. at that guitar does it have fanned frets oh yeah it's a fan fret guitar so this is this is super cool again like seven string guitars eight string guitars and fan frets they used this used to be stuff that was super expensive like if you bought a two grand guitar you get it otherwise like no chance and this is on like a 120 pound guitar so the, the thing about the fan frets is that um most guitars have like straight frets right you've, you've, you've seen that uh i mean i know you've seen that steve i mean i'm just trying to explain to the listener um, yeah uh, and and the thing is that the, the the way that the strings tune varies on the thickness right so like a thick string that that spacing of frets won't be quite right versus a thinner string and the fan frets basically work so that effectively the, the thicker string gets a wider spacing of frets and the and the and the uh, higher mm. the thinner strings the higher strings get a, a narrower spacing of frets so they're always in tune um and it's, which is really fun and especially because because i'm tuning it with i'm stringing it with bass strings so this is going down to like a g which is mm. just above the lowest note on a, on a bass guitar and then it's going up to a i forget what because uh, it's in a funny tuning goes up to like a d or something um which is uh or maybe a g i can't remember anyway it goes up to sort of fairly close to the top of a guitar range and that's quite a big range to to span so so having this fan frets means it actually stays reasonably well in, in, in tune over the whole range. So you can... Kind of stay, stays, stays pretty in tune throughout the whole, the whole thing, which is nice. So this is a really, really fun instrument to play. The thing about stuff like this is like there's sort of one thing you can do with it. Like if you mm. try and play like a chord, you know, it'll just sound like like total trash like completely just a wash of noise so yeah you are sort of very dependent on like doing a certain way of playing where you're kind of thinking actively about the bass line the chords and the melody and it's a little it's a little bit separated you can't just sort of 
like give yeah. it a lot of energy you know and that's the thing it sort of lowers the energy a little bit of the stuff that you do um which is weird that they're sold as metal guitars yeah well yeah i don't think they intended it like what i've done to it to be done to it really i think they right. they, they just they just want to get like a really low like kind of like kind of sounds just going chug the chug, yeah, exactly. It's all about the chug. Okay, I've got one more. Do you want to? Yeah. Me to so how how new is the newest one? This is recent, so this is like a couple of weeks old. It's news, not history. Yeah. This is a this is a, a Squire Jazzmaster. Um, not a Fender actually. I tried out a few different pl- guitars in the shop, um, uh, including like a sort of the Fender Vintage Jazzmaster, which is like again, it's a made in Mexico. That's a lot more expensive than it used to be. It was like 800 quid. And I was just like... And also this has like, if I'm honest, like the main reason I went for this is that it has this amazing color scheme. It's like yes. a purple guitar with a gold uh, scratch plate. And I haven't really sort of figured out what to play on this yet. It's got this lovely tone. So I said before, like the, the Stratocaster is the ugliest guitar in the world, right? Mm. It's also one of the most popular and arguably like one of the most interesting guitars, but I just couldn't... I've never quite been able to bring myself to buy one um and the Jazzmaster, it's not quite the same as a strat but it does have a lot in common with it in terms of its tone it has that really light kind of springy kind of mm-hmm. sound going on So yeah, it sounds really nice. And it's got a whammy bar. I don't have many guitars with a whammy bar. That's the other thing. <laughs> the kind of Mysterion's sound, you know. Yes, precise. Well, it's a surf guitar, isn't it? Yeah, it is a surf guitar. So it was originally, uh, Leo Fender apparently invented it because, oh, this is the cool thing about it, actually. I didn't realise this. Um, so Leo Fender invented it because uh, he liked jazz, but no one, no jazz player played fenders i mean i think a few do now they all play gibsons and the more mellow sort of sound um so he was like i want to get jazz players to play this so he created this guitar the jazz master um and interestingly it has this sort of circuit where if you hit the switch you get this much much more mellow sound you get this sort of like if you kind of compare that to the regular tone oh yeah so it's a much it's a little bit more like the kind of jazz jazzy jazz sound not quite we're back in our upmarket cocktail bar aren't we yeah yeah for sure um but yeah so it's quite an interesting guitar it's quite versatile um i thought i'll get this i'll get this square and if i really like it i'll get a fender version of it one day as long as it comes in an interesting color and not just brown Uh, this is the thing i didn't say like when i'm like anxious or i can't sleep just leafing through guitars online at like three in the morning is the way that i kind of calm myself down i just like enjoy their shapes and their colors and thinking about what they might sound like and that's yeah. that's the way that i kind of calm my like jangly nerves incredible so do you um do you have any advice for people starting out on their guitar buying journey if there are any i'll give you a second yeah let me just, just to put that one safe yeah, so we don't on. damage the beautiful paintwork. So many controls on a Jazzmaster viewers. Yeah, really Listeners, as well, you can't see this, just switches for days on there. Yeah. Uh, definitely a nerd's guitar. Um, yes. Martin, if there's if there's any youngsters out there and they're they're looking at their first encore, yeah. they're about to begin their guitar buying journey, have you got any advice for them? 
well, I think it really depends on on the sort of sounds you want to make. So I I um I got new, but I mean, partly I like the way guitars look. I find them really satisfying as objects, uh, and even if they are brown, like I like seeing the wood. And if they're bright colours, that's even better. But um, also, I was getting instruments to sort of try out new sounds and new techniques. So like the eight string, the seven string, the baritone guitar, those were right, so I could try to play in a new way. Like the Telecaster was so I could, like you can't get the, you can't make the sounds a Telecaster makes on a hollow body jazz guitar. So that was me going like, oh, maybe I can I can see what I can do with this. Um, so it was really it's a mixture of aesthetics and you know trying out new creative ideas. So I would say like. Um, buy cheap and often because that's been what I've done. Like get get squires. Like Dan Electro's are really cheap guitars. Uh, things like Epiphone, the Gibson copy. If you're into that sort of sound, Harley Benton. Like Harley Benton seemed to have like a knockoff of pretty much every 20th century guitar at this point, and they won't mostly won't cost you more than about 150 quid. So if you if you're like, oh, I wonder what you know a Fender Telecaster Thinline with humbucker sounds like, they've got a knockoff of that that you could buy, and then if you like it, get the fancy version this has been really fun thanks yeah, for taking thank us through the collection where can listeners find more of you if they want to either hear your music or hear your voice uh they can they can go to my website which is martinzoltzorstwick.com um and i guess you can put that in the show notes because my name's a little fiddly to spell i will or or find me on twitter at martin Orstwick, and i've got links to all my, all my projects there fantastic if they want to hear your guitar playing it's pale bird is that right that's right yeah so uh that if you search for pale bird on spotify apple music bandcamp It'll come up. Amazing. Brilliant. Thanks so much, Martin. This has been super fun. Thanks for having me.